Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm so glad that you're watching today's message. I believe it'll be a blessing to you. I believe it'll encourage you, it'll strengthen you, and empower you to make Jesus famous in your everyday life. Enjoy today's message, and I'll see you at the end of the broadcast. Praise God. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. We look at Ephesians chapter 1. And as you turn there, I'm going to read to you from this, the seventh section of the book, No Longer Mere Mortals, and kind of setting up where we're going today. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to start with verse, well, of course, as you know, especially since we did in the month of May, we did our No Longer Mere Mortal May Challenge. I encourage you to pray that Ephesians 1 prayer for yourself and your spirit of influence every single day. And one of the ways the prayer ends in verse 20 says, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above. Come on, say it loud and put it in the chat. Say far above. Come on, say it loud, put it in the chat. Say far above. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. Now, we looked at the word name in the first part of the series in faith in the name of Jesus. We know this means authority. It's everything that a name represents. So above every single authority, everything that's represented by authority and by names, not only in this world, but also in the one that is to come. And let's put all things. Go ahead. Put it in the chat. Say it out loud. Say all things. Come on. Say it out loud. Put it in the chat. Say all things all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. So we can look at it this way. If you put it under the feet of Jesus, well, who are the feet of the Jesus? Feet of Jesus is part of the body, right? So he put it under Jesus and he put it under us. Let's go to chapter two, verse one. And you has he quickened or made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin, where in the time past you walked or you live according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation or lifestyle in times past and the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, meaning abundant in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened or made us alive together with Christ. Go ahead, say it out loud and put it in the chat. Say together. Come on, say it out loud, put it in the chat. Say together. Together in with Christ, by grace are you saved, and has raised us up together. There we go again. And made us sit together. There we go again. In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And so one of the things I put in the book, it says, the grandness of the dominion of power is represented by the seat of power. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he was seated at the right hand of the Father. The right hand is a place of privilege, power, and influence. His seated position showcases the height of his authority. As the apostle said, he is far above all principalities, powers, might, dominion, and every authority that is authorized in all ages. He put all of those powers and authorities under his feet. As the Apostle Paul emphasized, Jesus is the head of the body of Christ. The feet are part of the body. If those powers and authorities are under Jesus, then they 
They are also under the church, the body of Christ. Paul echoed this sentiment when he stated that believers were made alive together with Christ, raised in Christ, and seated together in Christ Jesus. The delegated authority that believers have received flows from the right hand of the throne of the Almighty God. This authority elevates believers to a level of superhuman authority that can defeat every challenge of the enemy. All believers are seated in Christ at the right hand of God and should get the same results as Jesus did when they use his authority. Satan does not always send possessed people to challenge the rights of believers. He sometimes sends demonic situations and circumstances to withstand believers. When those situations arise, we must resist those situations in the same way we resist a demon-possessed individual. Now, in the section of resist, we call, talk about this early in this series, but it bears repeating. It says, James wrote, therefore, in James 4, 7, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submission precedes resistance. If you are not submitted to God's word and will for your life, your resistance will be ineffective. What has the Spirit of God been leading to do recently? If you focus on making sure you are yielded to what he is daily directing you to do, you will find your resistance to the enemy infinitely more effective. When you resist the enemy, you are setting yourself against him and actively opposing him. Peter added in 1 Peter 5, 9 that we are to resist the enemy while standing firm and strong in our faith. What is the result of our effective and firm resistance? Satan's forces flee. Satan and his forces will run in stark terror and try to escape believers who employ effective resistance. It is, po it is possible to resist the enemy in one area of your life and let him run havoc in another area. To enjoy the full benefits of the superhuman life, you must set yourself against the enemy in every way he dares to show up and challenge you. I heard a statement from Pastor Nancy Dufresne that will help you understand the importance of resisting the enemy wherever he challenges. She said, anything you don't resist has permission to stay. What from the enemy are you granting permission to stay in your life? Rescind that permission by actively and firmly resisting the enemy. And so resistance, one of the things that go on, I've shared previously in the series, I've shared in the book, that the power is inconsistency. And for resistance to be effective, yes, we talk about being submitted, but you also have to resist consistently. Now, when you resist, you have to realize some people have, you know, the, what spiritual warfare looks like in their mind. We'll talk about that later this summer as we do our focus on prayer and talk about what spiritual warfare is and what it isn't. But sometimes when we think about spiritual warfare, we're thinking, oh, we're reaching high up in the sky and pulling down strongholds in the air and pulling down principalities high above us and pulling down all these things and spiritual wickedness in high places. And those are correct titles and those are their titles and their dominions and their authorities. But, 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 but if you have this mindset that you're trying to fight to get the victory or that you're trying to pull something way up high down low. You have the wrong mindset when it comes to your authority. Let's look at this scripture again. Ephesians 1.21. Far above all principality. Come on, say all. Put in the chat. Say all. All principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. Not only in this world, but also that which is to come has put all things. Come on, say all. All things under his feet and gave him to, the, him to be the head over all things to the church. And once again, verse six again, and has raised us in chapter two and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We've said it before. We've said it again. We've heard it for years, decades even. The devil is under your feet, or at least he's supposed to be. I've heard it said before, if he gets higher than your heel, he is too high. You have been granted authority and dominion. 
And as I'm seated in my office right now, seated in my chair, now this chair is nothing really special. The chair is a nice chair. I'm thankful for the chair. But what does this chair, what does this office represent? And represents my office as the senior pastor and what God has called me to do at Faith Christian Center. Your seat of authority you're seated at the right hand of God. That represents your authority. It represents your dominion. It represents what Jesus has delegated to you. And you must use your authority on a consistent basis. And remember where you are seated. You must keep the right perspective when it concerns your authority. Because the enemy will love to make you think that he has more power than you. He would love to make you think that he has more authority than you. He would love to intimidate you and get you to back down from your power, back down from your authority. Now, you don't have this authority and power because you're some big shot all by yourself. You have this power and the authority because you've been born again, because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you, because he rests upon you, because you've been given the right to use the name of Jesus. That's why you have this power. That's why you have this authority. But don't let the enemy cause you to back down from your place of privilege, of the place of the authority you have been given in Christ Jesus. You must maintain this perspective. Now, one of the things, there's a lot of things that can shake you in your perspective. That's why one of the things we're doing in June is reminding you that with your purpose, there is provision and protection. So say it with me. We did it in Faith and Morning this morning. We talked about it on Sunday and we'll keep talking about it. So say it with me and put it in the chat. Say, with my purpose, there is provision and there's protection. One more time, say, with my purpose, there's provision and there's protection. One more time, say, with my purpose, there's provision and there's protection. You see, the thing is when things happen in the natural world, it'll make us sometimes forget what we have that is show showcased so brightly in the spiritual world. For example, you know one of the only prices that we all see every day, the majority of us see every day the same price as gas prices. So even if you don't have a car, you see gas prices. Even if you don't drive, you see gas prices. Even if you have an electric car, you see gas prices. And even if you're not buying gas, guess what? You still see those gas prices. And what happens into our minds, sometimes psychologically, we see these things go up. And it could have a chilling effect on our faith, on our belief in what God has said and what God has done. Because we see the prices going up. Then Individually, when we look at everything else, the price is going up. And when we see things happen in the economic world, in the natural world, it can try to intimidate us and make us back away from who we are in Christ Jesus and make us afraid, make us timid, make us to be those who back away from faith and trust in God. Don't let that be you this summer. Remember who you are and remember whose you are. Remember the authority that's been granted you and my encouragement to you all summer long, no matter if you're at work in person or working online, whether you're on vacation, whether you're taking some time away, don't give up your seat. Keep your seat. The enemy will love to make you forget that you're seated and make you try to live like everybody else, just trying to react to everything. No, remember where you're seated. Remember the power and the authority that belongs to where God has seated you. Go with me to Colossians. 
one of the things I taught before is that Colossians and Ephesians are companion books. When he studied out, the Apostle Paul wrote Ephesians and Colossians and Philemon at the same time. And then so when you read Ephesians and Colossians together with the Philemon, you have some more definitions of what the Holy Ghost was doing in Paul's heart as he was writing out these letters. So Colossians chapter 3, we'll look at verse 1. It says, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ. Now, one, another translation says so beautifully. It tells us to set our focus and our perspective on things above. It says, see things from his perspective, because that's where the real action is. So I encourage you, when you're looking at stuff this summer, to say, well, gas prices might keep going up, okay? That could be a fact. This says inflation is getting worse. That could be a fact. This says this new virus is here. That could be a fact. You can say all these things are happening. Those could be facts. And I'm not denying those facts. But I want to remind you of the truth of where you are seated. You know, have you ever flown on an airplane or been in a skyscraper? That when you're in a skyscraper, everything looks small. You know, I had a chance last summer. I went to the top of the Empire State Building. And I looked down. Everything looks small compared to that building. Almost everything in that city looks small compared to that building from that perspective so high in the air. But do you know what? If I got an airplane and flew above, way above that building, even the Empire State Building will look small. Why? Perspective due to the height of my view. Perspective due to the height of my view. Now the thing is, I want to challenge you, whatever you're going through, if you have something to write it down, write it down. You can put it in your phone. You can look at it later. Think about this later when we dismiss tonight. I'm not planning to be with you too long, but just to study this fact out just a little tad bit more. What you're looking at right now may be big if you're facing it head on. And yes, there's a lot of natural things you need to do about it. I'm not saying don't do the natural things. There's a lot of spiritual things you do. I'm not saying not do the spiritual things. But I want you to keep it in the right perspective, the perspective of where you're seated. If you're looking at it head on, it looks huge. It could be like a giant. It could be like Goliath. It's huge. It's daunting. But if you were in a skyscraper or if you were flying above an airplane, that thing will look so small. Keep it in the right perspective. You know, as Paul said about the stuff he was going through, man, Paul went through a lot. And he says this light and momentary or temporary affliction. Why? With the right perspective, it's light. What was a light compared to? To the glory of God, the weightiness of the glory. So what you're going through is big. What you're going through is huge. I'm not diminishing what you're facing right now. But respectfully, I want you to remember where you are seated. And although that thing in front of you may be big, it is small compared to your view of where you're seated and the dominion and the authority you've been given. So don't let small things Get your attention and your focus from where it should be. Keep your focus, keep your attention on Jesus. You know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago using the example of Peter. When Peter was looking at Jesus, he walked on the water. When he took his eyes off, he began to sing. You know, as he began, he didn't fully sing. He began to sing as he was there to catch him and to help him. What he would do, he began to look at the wind and the waves. But the wind and the waves, were all, they were going the whole time. They didn't start as soon as he got out there. They were going the whole time. But when his focus was off of where it should be, he began to sink. I want to remind you with everything that's going on, 
everything that's fine for your attention, everything that you're facing, whatever is affliction or persecution, whatever cares of this world, the deceitful richness, the lust of other things, whatever you're facing, whatever attack of the enemy is trying to vie for your attention, yes, you need to handle it. But I want you to remember where you are seated and the authority that has been granted to you in the name of Jesus. You have been granted dominion. You have been granted authority. And you have the right to use that authority. And if you stay submitted to God and you keep resisting the enemy, guess what? He will flee from you. Now, when you resist, you want to make sure you say the right thing. Well, how do I know what to say? What scripture should I say? Pause. Look on the inside. What is he telling you to do? What is he telling you to say? What is God asking you to speak out concerning that situation? That is what you say. The way you use your authority most excellently and highly effectively is by saying what God tells you to say. We looked at it on this past Sunday. It was a strategy of Jesus that I only say what I hear my father say. I only do what I see him do. So when you see him deal with demons and demonic situations all throughout the Gospels, he's only saying what his father told him to say. He's only doing what his father told him to do. And that's why he had the results that he had. You have to walk in your authority. You have to walk in your dominion. And you have to keep the right perspective. So here's what I want you to do right now. Here's some homework. We do it right now before we go, before we do the altar call, before we close. I want you to take a scrap of paper or put it on your computer or your phone. I want you to write down what you're going through. Go ahead. Write down what you're going through. Come on, take some time right now. Write down what you're going through. You don't have to put it in the chat. You don't have to share with others. It could be just something between you and Jesus. Right now. Write down what you're going through. If you're listening to someone you're driving, of course, don't write while you're driving, but make sure you do this exercise once you get home or get to your destination. Write down what you're going through, whatever situation that's facing you, whatever is trying to intimidate you, whatever is challenging you right now. I want you to write that down. Go ahead. It could be a list. Go ahead. Take some time. Write it down right now. Give me six. Take some time. Write it down. Some of you watching on replay, you can pause, go get a pencil, write it down, and come back to the message. But go ahead and write it down right now. So, you wrote it down. Some of you may still be writing and come back to this. So, right next to all the things you wrote down, all the things you typed down, I want you to type right next to it, right next to it. All of this is small compared to the authority I've been given in Jesus. I want you to write right next to it, put right next to it. All of this is small compared to the authority I've been given in Jesus. One more time, I want you to write right next to it. All of this is small compared to the authority I've been given in Jesus. All of this is small compared to the authority I've been given in Jesus. You have to keep the right perspective when it concerns your authority. You know, we do this when we take communion at the church, but I want to walk you through this. I put it in the book so people had it right there in their prayer life as well. But it helps you keep the right perspective 
when you start your day ruling and reigning and praying this way. Now we talked about reigning earlier in this series and I want to remind you of the importance of this. And I'll read it from the book and then I'll get to the prayer. It says, I've heard this phrase throughout my life and it rings true in a multitude of situations. The power is in consistency. Believers need to consistently operate in the power of the dominion that has been delegated to them in order for it to have its maximum impact. One of the lessons Dr. Billy Brim has emphasized to me and others during recent times of ministry was the importance of daily taking our seat with Christ and ruling and reigning over the situation in our lives. Daily operating in your dominion is a way that you stand firm and resist the devil. It is not God's job to resist the devil in your life. It is your job. Since below, I have included a way that you can daily exercise your authority. And so we'll put it here where you can always reference to it. It's in the book so you can read it. But let's do it tonight. You can say it with me. Say, Father, I take my place, seated with you, at your right hand, in Christ Jesus. I thank you for the privilege of this seat and the authority that comes with it. I plead the blood of Jesus over my life, spirit, soul, body, my family, my relationships, my finances, my property, everything I have, and everything that concerns me. I draw the bloodline that the enemy cannot cross. Satan, I bind you. You cannot steal, kill, destroy, delay, or defraud me in any shape, form, or fashion. I bind you and curse all of your plans and plots to fail. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against me I shall condemn in judgment. In Jesus' name, amen. When you do this daily, it helps renew your mind to the fact that you have authority. It renews your mind to the fact that you've been given dominion. And it's one of the way you consistently exercise your authority in resisting the enemy. I'll close with something I did to end this part of the chapter. It says, when I exercise my authority in this way, I say my family and I pause and I list my wife, my children, my family members, my congregation, and my ministry. There may be other things that the Spirit of God will prompt you to include in your list as you exercise your authority. Follow his leadings and promptings. As you progress in your superhuman journey, you will discover the vastness of this dominion. Glimpses of this dominion are displayed in the lives of men and women of faith throughout Scripture. Whether it is shown as dominion over demonic powers, dominion over sickness and disease, Joshua and Isaiah's dominion over time, you see that in Joshua 10, 12 and Isaiah 38, 8, or Jesus' dominion over nature, see Mark 4, 39 through 41 and Matthew 14, 25. The power of dominion that God has made available to his children is far above anything we have previously considered or imagined. But you won't get to these big operations of authority if you don't use your authority on the small things every single day. If you don't resist the small things every single day, if you don't resist every time Satan challenges you, not just in one area, but every area. So we're going to close praying for ourselves before we go to our time of prayer and our altar call that the Lord will reveal to us ways that we've been allowing Satan to have his way, that we haven't challenged him. 
Sometimes we don't challenge them because we think this is normal, this is part of life, or this is what I have to put up with, or we feel guilty, says, well, I made a mistake, so this is part of my life, and no. There are some things I'm sensing that we've all been allowing the enemy to get away with. But we're gonna ask the Holy Ghost to spotlight those things tonight. Come on, someone's putting in the chat, say spotlight. Come on, put in the chat, say spotlight on Jesus. Come on, say spotlight. We're gonna ask the Holy Spirit to spotlight those things, and once he does, we're gonna ask for his help, and we have to become effective, and efficient and we must use our authority on a regular basis and not quit we must be those who keep at it so father we ask for your holy spirit to reveal to each and every one of us watching right now everyone on the sound of my voice everyone watching the replay everybody listening to the podcast and watching the live stream reveal to us areas where we have been lax in using our authority. Areas where we've allowed the enemy and his harassing spirits and all of his demons and imps to run, to do things that we should have stopped, things we put up with. Reveal those things to us. Put your spotlight on them. Help us see it clearly and help us use our authority. Whether there are things we need to forgive, things we need to let go, things we need to move forward with, things we need to renew our mind with, we ask for your help, Holy Spirit. You are our great helper and our encourager. We can't do without you. We thank you for your help. In Jesus' name, amen. And so be it. Praise God. Amen. I believe today's message encourages you, it's strengthening you, it's helping you to live the lifestyle of faith. If you're ever in the metro Atlanta area, we'd love for you to worship with us in person. You can find information about our different locations at fccga.com. Also, we have so many different ways where you can get the word. You can download our Faith Plus app. You can also visit us on our social media pages, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook on YouTube. We'd love for you to connect with us. We also have a podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as on Spotify. We have two. One is called the Faith Podcast and then we have our daily devotional podcast which is called Faith in the Morning. I look forward to seeing you on many different social media platforms and in person at Faith Christian Center. Thank you so much for tuning in and remember something good is going to happen to you today so expect miracles. God bless.